first off, I just want to say thank you, Jessa, for saying yes of like being part of this podcast and letting yeah, me man. just interview you. Been a yeah. while, but excited to hear what you have to say. Oh yeah, no, straight up, it's been I don't know, so long, four years, college. Four years. Uh, it's been but, so long. Without further ado, guys, this is Jessa. Hello. Hi, Jessa. Hi, what's up? Can you tell can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and like what do you do? Yeah, so I um as a re- I'm a recent graduate. Um so I was born and raised on the island of Oahu. Um you know, you and I, Chachi, we went to school together, so we've been uh, we've known each other for like so long and you know we used to counsel together and we did a lot of extracurriculars together we're in the same classes and um we graduated the same year 2016 and um yeah and so i decided to go to school um at regis university in denver colorado and so i just recently graduated from there Woo-hoo! i have a ba in communication and a minor in english and um yeah so that is basically what i'm doing right now not much because covid and all that stuff so it's really hard to be looking for jobs right now but i'm hopeful i've been job searching but um yeah but that's what i've been doing i'm currently in houston i moved to houston after i graduated um so during covid I graduated and moved to Houston, and so I'm here, and this is where I will be for the future, being, depending on, I don't know, stuff, life, but other than that, um, more about my Filipino background, I'm full Filipino, uh, I guess I'm not, (laughs) I don't really know much about, um, Filipino culture, other than, you know, what I've been exposed to. Um, I know my mom was from Cebu, my dad was from Ilocasur, so Begon City, and um, yeah, they're both immigrants. They immigrated to Hawaii in 1982, and I have always been ingrained in the Filipino culture ever since um, I was young and I could talk, (laughs) but uh, surprisingly enough, I am not a nurse. I did not graduate with a BS in nursing, but I am pursuing um, careers in nonprofit and um, education sectors. So yeah, just a little bit about me. <laughs> and do you go by any gender pronoun by any change? Yes, she, her, hers. Thank you for that. That's great. <laughs> yes. That. And you are a first, second, third, or fourth, or fifth generation? I am a first gen, uh, surprisingly enough. Yeah, first gen. Woo! But, yeah. So you were born in the Philippines? I was not. So even oh. though my parents, um, yeah, so my parents immigrated to ni- here in 1982. I wasn't born until 97. So I was actually born in Ebb Beach, not Ebb Beach, but Honolulu, but Hawaii. Uh, so I was born in America, but yeah. My first gen in terms of like getting an education because my parents never were able to finish mm. theirs. So yeah. Oh, te- so technically, in like the waves of migration, you're second gen. Oh, I am. I've been saying first gen the whole time. But first gen in like college. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 
So I was going to say, I was like, ah, I got a first gen like award at school. So hopefully they don't put that back on me. But I was like, I'm getting a sash. So I was like, yeah, I'm first gen, right? But yeah, I don't know. That's what people told me I was. I was like, okay, yeah. fine. So, yes. In the aspects of the, in education, yes, you're first gen. Yes, yes. But that, yes. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Oh my god. No, no, you're fine. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna start off with how do you see yourself with your own cultural identity? Like you did mention that you don't really know much about it, like a Filipino, being Filipino, but you just know that you grew up being Filipino. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I was, so being, you know, full Filipino, I got the extent of it. Um, so being um, raised at home with a Filipino family, Tagalog was the first, uh, language. Like, they didn't speak, they didn't, my parents tried super hard to teach me, um, Filipino or, like, Tagalog, but it was bad. Like, they would try to get me to recite stuff, and I just, it never stuck for some reason, and I think a part of it was education, um, you know, just because, uh, you know, like, English is important to understand and learn. And being in a Filipino household, I had a really thick accent that I didn't know I had. And so uh, after school programs in my elementary school forced me to correct that quote unquote, even though that's problematic. Um, so yeah, I was, I, I did get the Filipino, um, you know, the Filipino, culture somehow I mean my parents talked to me in Filipino all the time but they would talk to me in English but they felt more comfortable talking in Filipino and my mom and my dad being from different provinces in the Philippines Tagalog was the conjoining language um that they they taught themselves in order to communicate with each other um but other than that I grew up listening to uh TFC shows obviously GMA like, oh, I was so intertwined with, you know, <laughs> TFC shows. So even though I don't speak any Tagalog or, um, you know, Filipino, I understand it. You know, like, it's ingrained in my mind and I can, so I can translate the words in my mind, which is the craziest thing I, I think of to this day, because being here in Houston, it is it's the weirdest thing seeing other Filipinos because they're speaking in their native language. And I'm like, I, it's, I can understand you question mark. And, um, yeah. So it's, I, at least I learned something, you know, like at least I was able to, um, at least like understand what people are saying in their language, but that took lots and lots of exposure from, just watching Filipino shows, going to Filipino parties, interacting with other Filipino people, um, which is great. But other than that, I never, in college, I, you know, I went to a predominantly white school and I wasn't in an Asian dominant population as opposed to California, Washington, you know, like Denver, Colorado, no Filipinos go there. So it was hard for me to kind of, um, remember my culture in some sense. So, yeah, that was just the extent of um, my Filipino 
culture up to college. So yeah. And I like how you mentioned that um, you don't have to know the language just to be Filipino. It's just like the people, like being Filipinos, being surrounded with your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, like, most definitely. That's, and like, because like I've, I've been recently, this has been a heated topic with like every being in Twitter or in social media, like mm-hmm. you have to be this to be Filipino. And I love how you mentioned that it's not about like what you persistently are doing, but it's like what makes it what you grew up with. Right. Like keeping right. those values. Yeah, no, most definitely. And I like how you're bringing that up just because, um, yeah, it was hard for me because when I first, you know, caught wind of your podcast, I thought it was like Mm -hmm. a great idea, you know? It's like a great idea to talk about Filipino narratives. And I, I quite, I like enjoy what you're doing. And when you asked me to go on, I kind of felt guilty in a sense because I was like, dude, I don't know anything about Filipino culture. I am not as connected into my Filipino culture as opposed to other people who have already recently been on this, you know? Like, some people, like Alvin, um, was born in the Philippines. So, you know, I didn't have that experience. And even though my parents did teach me um, Filipino traditions, going off to college, in some sense, did kind of diminish that. But I think it was just difficult it's just difficult trying to think about it in the sense that, you know, I am Filipino at heart. I am. And there are some things that I still take with me from the Filipino culture that I'll still, I'll embrace for the rest of my life, you know? So it was hard, but I definitely, yeah, you don't have to be, you don't have to like know your, you don't have to know the language. You don't have to understand it first of all, but I think just knowing that deep down, like your skin color, the way you grew up, like the way you are now, it's like culture is so intertwined with that, that Mm -hmm. it's, you don't really lose your Filipino culture. You kind of embrace it in different ways as like, you know, culture kind of assimilates, not assimilates, but culture, um, flows through generations because it gets different it's different every generation Mm -hmm. i guess like that's the reason for like pop culture and such but at the same time it's understanding like with like the philippine with the filipino culture like it does change over time but it's like going back to your roots Mm -hmm. right yeah, my parents remind me of that all the time. They're like, you know, like, don't forget your roots. Don't forget your roots. And it's like, yeah, like, I totally get that. And me moving away from Hawaii, you know, having Hawaii, Eva Beach in particular, having a huge Filipino population, um, it was hard. It was hard to stick with it. And, yeah, I I was, I was I straight away from it from time to time, you know, just being with so many other cultures that I was able to experience it's hard it's it's not hard it's easy to kind of forget who you are but um it's not that entirely you know like I definitely felt at times my Filipino culture was um my saving grace in some sense like it was my 
like it was the way that I connected back to home in such a unknown world that I never experienced up to high school or prior to high school. So I'm grateful for it in some sense because it has allowed me to really embrace who I am as a young adult, as a Filipino woman, as someone who's just entering the workplace as a minority, you know, like all of those factors um, help in trying to understand like what you can contribute to society. So. And like to transition even further on, like digging into like yeah. the archive, have you personally struggled with like embracing your own cultural identity? Oh yeah, I definitely have. I mean, it goes, it stretches all the way back from elementary, you know, like those people who, uh, those teachers who told me, you know, you have a thick Filipino accent, we have to change that. And it's like, I didn't even know I had it. And in some ways, I understand the education system works to bring you success, but other ways, it also kind of dehumanizes minorities in the sense that they strip you of your culture just to be Americanized. Um, but not all education is like that. I'm going to just say that uh, right because, um, you know, college didn't do that. College taught me how to embrace my Filipino culture in some sense. But I definitely have struggled with embracing my cultural identity because when I first um, went to college, again, in a predominantly white school, private school, even though I was Catholic, you know, and I'm totally, I am, I am more than familiar with the Philippine or the Catholic tradition, but being in a predominantly white school in Denver, Colorado, out of all places, I did, I felt kind of out of place. I felt like I stuck out as like a sore thumb because I wasn't white, but I also wasn't Mexican. And that's it's weird in the sense because Denver is either white or Mexican. So you go there and people are like, who are you? What are you? Are you Mexican? Right? And then you say no. And then they're like, oh, I can't, I can't tell what you are. And then they just assume since I'm from Hawaii, I'm Hawaiian. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm not Hawaiian. I am not of native Hawaiian descent. I am a local. I was born there and I was raised there but I am nothing of native Hawaiian. And that's the, that is the most common misconception I have come to experience when I went to the mainland. And it was a culture shock because it was like, how could you not know who I was? But, and then I think about it and it's like, you know, being surrounded by the same people for so long and then leaving, it's like, oh shoot, some people just don't know what you are. And then, you know, I say I'm Filipino, and they're like, where is that? And I'm like, Philippines? And they're like, oh, so you're a Pacific Islander. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but don't. Logistics, man. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's hard. And so, yeah, I struggled with it because I hit it for a long time. Like, a lot of people, I just didn't tell them what I was because they just wouldn't understand for some reason that I wasn't white I wasn't Mexican I'm not Hawaiian but I'm Filipino and you know it's hard and so I definitely struggled with it because I just didn't know how to appreciate who I was as a person if people just didn't know 
like what I was, like who I am. And not only that, but I struggled with it because uh, I, I also struggled with um, embracing my cultural identity in some parts because of my family, you know, like being a, a Filipino woman, it's so different from being a Filipino man. And it's different in the sense that men get so much more freedom, so much more agency, autonomy to be themselves in some sense. But women aren't kind of allowed to do that. And I know that some fam- some parents are so progressive and I admire them about I admire that about them, but, you know, some families kind of hold on to those traditional beliefs that the woman, it, you know, is um, is supposed to be a nurse, you know, like, or she's supposed to follow her man everywhere she goes, yeah, or, you know, like, you can't have a boyfriend till you're 40, or you can't have a boyfriend because you'll get pregnant in high school, college, da 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 and it's like, or, you know, you have to have kids or you'll die alone. And it's like, but they don't believe in birth control. And it's like, okay. Um, There's a lot of prejudice that I have experienced both in my family sector and just in the general society sector that has made me kind of almost, I guess the word I'm looking for is um, not reprimand, Sorry, I'm kind of losing my words. It's kind of like, um, kind of want, force, not force me, but like encourage me to neglect who, like who I am and like me as a Filipino woman because of all of these restrictions, all of these preconceived notions that I have to fit some kind of traditional mold that I don't want to be. You know, and so that's what I struggled with for a really long time. And I still struggle with because, you know, as a 20 year old and as still as like a Filipino woman, like I am expected of a lot and it's hard. So, yeah. First of all, I just wanted to say like, thank you for like opening up and like being because like like there are so many like preconceived notions about being Filipino first of all like that mm-hmm. entire concept of like walangia or like having no shame it's right. like what it means to be a Filipino woman it's like you have to like go go out of like the normal norms out there and mm-hmm. it's kind of like that sometimes because like we have parents who are traditional and it's hard to get them like to kind of like it's different before than it is now and like things are gonna be changing yeah and i feel like some family and i'm not trying to wrap up my own family but i know that there are family Mm -hmm. out there who who hold who hold so close these traditional beliefs that like you know you can't change this this is so traditional that it can't be touched and it's like yes 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 it can like culture is just as fluid as gender like it truly is and like even though a filipino man has much more um you know agency for himself i'm talking about the ideal filipino straight man i'm not talking about gay transgender any of that like because those people are also looked down upon and you know like you know you you hear like the the slurs like bakla and you're like dude like that's that's so homophobic like 
you know like why why do we why do we push our our men and our women to these certain roles both in like the academic sector and the you know the job sector when I don't know like if you if you like you know because at the core of Filipino tradition I feel anyway is that um feel like family is the core so you know like why why wouldn't you support your kids in whatever they do like why wouldn't you support artists or journalists or podcasters anyone with creative license like any of that like why wouldn't you just because they wouldn't make enough money as a nurse they wouldn't make enough money as a doctor a mailman all you know the ideal it's it's weird because it's like you know we in the most recent progressive age like generation z and millennials it's you know money doesn't define family it doesn't define like happiness it's what you do and like what you contribute as an active citizen that really defines like who you are and what you want to contribute and you know and you know and I think that's what really formulates a good family like someone that's centered around giving truthfully and honestly and that's reflected in their job so I don't yeah like again like I might be going off topic but like I just I don't like see why Filipino parents can't just support their kids if what their kids want to do is something that they truly are passionate and, care, and passionate about that you know when it I don't know like I just it just mind boggles me it is <laughs> it's just so hard but yeah so yeah no I get what you're saying like actually can I ask this like when you first told your parents you're majoring in like communi- communication slash journalist like what was their mm-hmm. first like thing that they said to you <laughs> well <laughs> they definitely wanted me they were like are you sure and I was like yes but they were like so you're not good at math you're not good at science and it's like it's not that I'm not good at it it's that it's just not my niche it's not my cup of tea I don't wanna I don't wanna do math though like for the rest of my life like why would I so yeah they took it bad they were like are you sure you don't wanna at least try going into nursing and I was like no you know just because my cousin was a you know um graduated from hpu and became a nurse you know like doesn't mean that i'm gonna follow in the same footsteps like i know what i'm good at i like to write i like to talk to people i like to understand people's stories i i I like to hear about people's narratives and so I, yeah, and so I guess it was just hard for them because they were like, oh, so journalism. And they stuck to the idea. They were like, okay, cool, journalism. And then, you know, as I got through college, it's like, nah, not really journalism. I don't want to be on the, I don't want to be on news. I don't want to do any of that. But, you know, I do enjoy, I do enjoy nonprofit. I, I enjoy community outreach and I guess they didn't really know what that was because nonprofits, you know, again, mm-hmm. the nonprofit sector is so different. But 
it was hard. Yeah, they they definitely were like, are you sure? You know, they kind of have to like second guess, and they're like, mm. um, but eventually they got around to it. Um, but yeah, but it was hard because it's hard to. I think it's hard to accept that something wants someone wants something different <laughs> from like the norm. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> I guess to go on that too, like we brought up the topic of like in the Filipino culture itself, like family is like the root of everything, and I felt like mm-hmm. it really stems down to having like a good sense of communication, building that communication with your family. Like I know at times, like in like different family house household, like communication mm-hmm. may not be the key. Like it's hard to like just right. talk with each other because people have different like languages. Absolutely. And I guess it's just that's the start of it of like how can how can I better communicate it so that we're not arguing and like it's just right. like taking the time to listen in with each other. Yeah, I think it's something uh, that we want to change about our mm-hmm. culture uh, about our Filipino community. Yeah, but you know, and it's great that you talk about communication. But you know, I think a lot about Filipino culture mm-hmm. is that you know we're strong, we're independent, we're like brash to a fault. And that kind of backfires in some sense, because even though we do need communication, a lot of Filipino families don't like to talk about mental health. They reject it. They're like, you know, like, don't, I'm not depressed. And it's like, or like, you're not depressed, like get over it. And it's just like, no, like, why don't you want to talk about deep rooted emotional traumas that happened to you as a child? Why don't you want to talk about it? You know, it's important for us to communicate honestly and effectively, but we can't ever get to that threshold if, um, you know, like, if we can't even be honest about our own feelings and how my biggest, my biggest ploy with Filipino, toxic Filipino culture in general, especially about mental health, is that how can you talk effectively um, and honestly, about about your traumas, emotional traumas that you may have gone through, um, if you have, you know, like if you have gone through them, if you ne- if you don't even recognize or allow yourself to be human, you know, it's it's going to be an impossible battle if you don't even allow yourself to feel, and so. Mental health is just another big toxic Filipino um, thing that Filipinos don't like to talk about. They don't want to admit that even though I'm strong, I'm weak. You can be weak. And I think that generate like our generation now understands that, you know, mental health matters above everything else. It doesn't matter if you have like a six six figure salary. It doesn't matter if you have the biggest house. You know, it doesn't matter if you have the most beautiful, significant partner and, like, all the kids. Like, if you are deeply... If you are deeply fighting demons that, you know, you can't even get out of bed in the morning, how are you supposed to live fully? How are you supposed to live authentically? And, yeah, so I think that's also something that's super important to understand in terms of communication. That kind of like this went like fire out there, like you're just bursting in fire. I honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I it's, think like it's so true. For me, yeah, 
<laughs> it's funny now that um you you brought it up it's just like one thing that's biggest factor to is the ego and pride that Filipinos have exactly exactly it's just like you know my ego is so big that i can't even cry i can't show emotion and it's like why can't you show emotion you can be smart you can be at the top of your class you can be all of the things that you know you can be a successful individual and you can still have emotion people welcome it now people don't want you to hold tears back they don't want you to pretend like everything's okay because you know people know often too often what pain feels like So why can't you just assume that everyone else is hurting? Why do you have to assume that you are just this perfect model? Like you don't have to be. And I think, you know, Filipino some Filipino traditions expect you to be perfect, to fit that mold. And I, you know, that's not what we should fight. That's not what I believe in. Like I I want to fight for someone. I want to fight to be someone that lives authentically but you know like feels like holy like it it doesn't i i just feel bad for those people who live their lives feeling like they can't ever cry or can't ever show some sort of emotion because it's it's just not It's not healthy. It's just point blank period. It's not healthy. And I just wish that they would open up, you know. Um I'm really really digging into the archive. Um yeah. Have you personally like opened up to your family? No. I have not. Like at all. Um I told my parents I was doing this and they were like you're a terrorist. And I was like why? And they're like because you're like against Duterte. And I was like okay, whatever. But no, I <laughs> I'm not because I I've never I've tried to. I have made it I have tried to be, you know, honest about my family, but you know, it's ingrained in myself to fear their reaction because i for such a long time being the eldest being the first gen being the first one to go off to college in america like i personally have had to uphold this type of idea or role model that you know nothing is going to break me and i fall into that i fall into that so deeply you know because there are so many people who will say you know you're you're there for me all the time when i'm sad you're there for me all the time when i'm feeling angry and um you know i never see um emotional at all or whenever someone asks me if i'm okay i'll say i'm fine just to spare them all of the burden you know and so i can't say i'm perfect because i fall into that very mold that i i hate so it's it's crazy it's it's with this weird cognitive dissonance in the sense that you know i despise all this toxic filipino um traditions traits culture that um i grew up in but yet i'm the very one who reflects it and so 
I, I haven't come clean because I still want to be that mold for my parents. I, you know, it's that old saying in Filipino culture, like, don't disappoint me. You know, I don't want to disappoint my family. I don't want to disrespect them. I don't want to fail. Essentially, that's what I, you know, and I do that to a fault. You know, I hurt myself in the process. I have had mental health issues, but I sacrificed my mental health in order to feel successful. And I'm working on that. I honestly am. You know, it's hard just being in that role for so long that I had to be perfect and that I was a role model to everyone that I couldn't even allow myself to be human for a long time. So, no, I haven't come clean because I'm still playing that role, honestly. And I think, um, honestly, thank you for that. And Mm -hmm. it's the first step of, like, acknowledging, like, we we kind of exhibit some of the toxic, like, Filipino traits because it is truly, like, kind of, like, intertwined within our culture that... It takes a while for us to recognize it, but when we do finally, like, oh, shoot, I'm, like, kind of, like, embodying it. Like, it's, like, right. acknowledging it and wanting to change it is, like, the first step. And then from there, like, okay, so this is what I'm what I'm doing, what I'm, like, getting. I right. need to, like, change this. Because, yeah. honestly, like, that's the very first step. Yeah, and I think recent generations have been able to recognize, you know, I am falling into that um, fallacy. And it's great, but the next the next step is like, well, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep doing it? You know, mm-hmm. like you recognize it's bad, so what are you going to do? And, you know, I think I definitely have taken that first and second step because I have realized how much of myself I have sacrificed in order to keep other people happy that I don't even let myself be happy, you know? So I am working on myself. I am working on finding a job that matters to me and doesn't matter to other people because ultimately I'm the one doing the job. I'm going to be out there in the field. I want to be happy about what I'm doing, about what I contribute to people, to society. And so, yeah, I definitely am trying. And some days I step back, you know, I definitely fail. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I need to work on, like allowing myself to feel failure, you know, like in this job search, I've been I've been trying to find a job since January, you know, so still the last semester of college, but, you know, and, you know, in Filipino culture, it's it's expected of you that once you're out of college, you got a job, you have a degree, you have a job, you know, easy. But I, you know, I have been rejected by so many jobs and it's so hard to feel the failure. But in in that working on myself, I have to realize my own self-worth and realize that I do have skills to talk to people, to understand their narratives, to understand their stories and what I can do in the, in the community to apply, um, you know, skill, my, the skills that I have, I have, um, I have made in college to, to really fix social issues. And again, you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on trying to better myself, but it's hard. And 
it's hard it's hard stuff but you know that's the first step and I think that's often the first hard step but I think once we do get over that recognizing element and then going on to actively working to reshape our futures I think that it gets better you know it's like this quote that um one of my author from UCI always says like when you heal yourself you truly heal your ancestors and when you heal yourself you heal the next generation yeah yeah and that definitely rings true because you know if I in the process can heal myself I can better treat my significant other better I can treat my significant other better you know I can understand how to communicate better because you know Filipinos they don't like to talk about their feelings but it's like and that's why I'm so guarded in my relationship to this day I have been in a relationship with my boyfriend for five years and I'm still guarded but you know if I continue to heal myself I can heal our relationship I can be better for my kids and my kids can be better for their kids and I can be better to others I can under I can empathize better I can un- I can understand more and you know in that process I can truly forgive myself and forgive others I think that's important and like going moving away from from the archive and like going like back to our Filipino identity mm-hmm What does it mean for you to reclaim our Filipino identity? I think when you say that, and I'm looking at the archive because I literally don't remember. I'm trying to read some stuff. Um, let me see. Yeah, I. what I think, you know, I've, I'm different. I'm a different Filipino from many, you know. Others have been, have had the opportunity to, be born and raised in the Philippines some of them are much more educated about the Filipino culture like you and you know and I'm great you're and I'm grateful for those for those clubs in college because I never really had that <laughs> but um for me it's taking the activist route to be honest I mean I so for my final project in my global advocacy class uh, in college we had to talk we had to really tackle a, um, a international issue and you know I was like racking my brain I was like I really don't want to do America and then you know and I was thinking about other ones like maybe the Hong Kong protest and I was like no I'm as much as I you know, As much as that is important, I want to do something that's closer to me. And so, again, reclaiming my Filipino identity, for me, it was, well, what's happening in the Philippines? And yes, I am sure this thing is talked about over and over and over. But, you know, the more exposure it gets, I think, the better. So I obviously did it on our president, <laughs> Duterte. And I basically talked about his war on drugs. And I did all the necessary um, research. I basically did, um, I used evidence from Reuters. 
uh, the Human Rights Watch, a bunch of great nonprofit organizations that are on the ground in the Philippines working towards women's rights, um, LGBTQIA rights, all of them, really good sources. And I wrote a letter to the United States um, representative for the UN, and I don't remember her name, even though I wrote it like a billion times. And basically I addressed the, the, the violence that's happening in the Philippines. And, you know, haven't gotten a response. I'm sure she's a busy woman, but it was a really eye opening project to do in my last semester of college, because I realized that, you know, I have been so separated from my Filipino culture and yeah, I can watch TFC. I can listen to my parents talk Tagalog. I can, you know, I, I can continue to love Coco Martin because he's amazing. But like, what else can I do that really intertwines me with um, the Filipino culture? And being being from a socially active college, it, it just, you know, like tackling the the politics and the reform that's happening in the Philippines as a result of Duterte's rise really stuck out to me, you know? So I did the necessary evidence. I watched documentaries on how he does this um, war, war on drugs. I read the policies that he's implemented about, um, you know, in, increased militia and, you know, protection of the police force, all of that. Like, and it was so my it was so confusing and it was it was the it was weird it was confusing in the sense that like me as a filipino i had not known how bad it was and obviously i don't live in the philippines so maybe my opinion doesn't matter but you know when people do say, I support Duterte, I do the, 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 it's like, so you support the killing of poor people? You support the, the mass, um, I'm getting off topic, but not really, but, you know, like, you support the innocent killings of people, of kids, um, you know, you support people getting killed even though they're not even though they were previously on the kill list but somehow police kept tabs on them like you know what i mean like you support evidence or you support police falsifying evidence being placed at the crime scene just so more people can be killed like it's it's crazy so i involve myself in the politics like heavily and with the current with the recent rise of the anti-terrorism bill it's super frightening because you know, it's just, it's another ploy to get to, you know, shape what is being said within the Filipino sector. And that scares the hell out of me. And even though I don't live in the Philippines, I, I feel connected to the people who live in the Philippines. Yes. Okay. I was not born there. So I may not understand what it was in previous presidencies, but I want to make a change. You know, I want to be, I want to make a change as a Filipino American, like, you know, so that encourages me to be more of an educated citizen. I don't have to be, I don't have to um, major in poli-sci 
in order to be an informed citizen. I want to have an educated vote, you know, and that extends to the American election. And so being, you know, reclaiming my Filipino identity means changing the landscape of these outdated beliefs, changing the, the landscape of politics, changing the landscape of how current generations should view Filipino culture. Yes, there are all these black masses of Filipino culture that scare you, like, you have to be this, you have to be that. And it's like, no, you don't. I think what I want to contribute to the Filipino community more than anything is reassurance, you know, like relief, acknowledgement, understanding. I want them, I want Filipino um, boys and girls, men, women, you know, transgender, trans, non-trans, you know, like all of them, I want them to understand that the Filipino beliefs that we were upheld on, homophobic, racist, all, you know, all the isms, they don't matter. They matter only in the sense if you allow them to define who you are. And that's the only time it'll matter because you yourself have the power to change those definitions. Those definitions aren't ever going to be the same throughout every generation. I, I already said it. Culture is fluid. It's it's going to be different for every generation. And so re- reclaiming Filipino identity is really about acknowledging that these beliefs don't have to stay outdated. These beliefs don't have to be set. They don't have to separate you from your culture. You can embrace it by addressing it, by addressing how bad they are, by addressing the negative connotations that may come with it by addressing the discriminatory um, connotations that may come with it, you know? So you, uh, like, in in addressing these problems, you can fix it. And by fixing it, you, again, like what you said about the quote, you heal your ancestors, you heal generations that come after you because then you create a new pattern, And yes, that might change over time, but, you know, do you want to be the catalyst or are you going to wait? Why would you wait if you have the power to make make a change? And so that's what it means to me. Thank you for that. And honestly, like, one thing that I kind of wanted to, like, really highlight is, like, the fact that you said, like, even though you weren't born, in the Philippines even though you are not really as connected like just like just really like really like getting involved with what's going on in the Philippines and like just taking the initiative to research like what's going on like the politics right. like like anything it's that that truly does matter and it's like giving providing a voice for them because yeah. I know like because like for personal experience because I I heard people like there's some Filipinos that argue with Filipino Americans like oh why are you being involved with us when exactly. you don't even know us right yeah right but yeah. I love what you mentioned yeah I there are so many people who say that so many unbelievably I I don't know why they're like why you don't know anything you know like you don't you're not from the Philippines you don't know what we went through it's like yeah okay I I admit that like I understand that your first person experience is not, I don't have that experience, but I am actively listening. You know, I am actively 
wanting to change something that might be hurting you. It might not hurt you now, but like, you know, the politics in the Philippines, it's crazy. <laughs> like, if you really read the laws, it is scary. Like, it's scary what's happening. And, you know, to turn an, a, a blind eye is is to be blatantly ignorant of your culture, I think, you know? So I, you know, like, why why would you? Why would you want to turn a blind eye? Why, why not be proactive? And so... Yeah, so you again, like even though okay, cool, like, even though you're a Filipino American, you still have the power to really embrace your culture and change something about it. So, yeah. And we goes we goes to say um I lost my train of thought, but going in the exact uh, same realm like yeah. I think, think honestly like what you have can I ask like yeah. um, how did you go about with your like projects yeah so well initially I did research I wanted to know mm-hmm. I so yeah I did this year um, and earlier this year and there was a I don't remember what website it was you might just be able to look it up on like a, the human rights campaign and it was basically an interactive map, and um, basically the interactive map showed one of the biggest human rights violations that are happening in each country around the world. So you know, I looked in America. No, you know, no surprise, it's police brutality. And you know, you see other ones like um, in Yemen, it's like the Yemen War. There's other ones like you know, the civil war and happening in like the Middle Eastern countries. And so I was like, you know, being a Filipino, I'm going to look at Philippines. And it was the war on drugs. And uh, it was uh, more what the human rights campaign was the intra or like the inter, yeah, interjudicial killings or something. I might have fucked it up, but um, it was something judicial killings in the Philippines. And I didn't know what that was. So I looked into it and, you know, I mentioned these sources, human rights campaigns, Reuters. I know there are two big organizations that are in Manila that really work to, um, they do demonstrations and protests in the Philippines, primarily Manila, um, regarding women's rights and, uh, you know, LGBTQ um, rights. And yeah, so I gathered all of that information about what was happening in the Philippines. I picked out certain laws that Duterte uh, recently enacted in terms of um, making sure that the war on drugs was like happening. So, you know, one of the one of the laws I found was the increased uh, military force in certain provinces where war on drugs happens a lot but you know that's code word for like poor (laughs) and so um yeah and I basically wrote a page page and a half of uh what what is happening in the Philippines so I first addressed it to the UN representative of the US and basically said this is what happening in the Philippines and then 
years evidence that it's actually happening in the Philippines. So like recent legal changes, um, you know, Duterte. I also put in statistics of like, you know, reported killings made by the police in regards to the war on drugs and according to the human rights campaign, how many people actually died, which was a high number. And so that, you know, statistics helps. And then at the very end, I proposed a solution. Granted, it was like a very um, general solution, um, but it was a solution to let the UN investigate Duterte because he had been taken off international criminal court because he, um, I don't remember what year, but the Philippines withdrew itself from international criminal court because of Duterte's recent light in these killings. So he wanted to avoid being imprisoned. Um, So I just asked for the UN to reopen the case and actually look at what he's doing. And then I sent it off. And yeah. And so I basically did a presentation and I linked the documentary that um, I used, I don't remember which network it was. It was called, I think it was by NBC or something. But I, can, I remember the title. It's called, like, um, President's Orders around there. Yeah, like, a really compelling, like, just if you watch the trailer itself, it is, it is scary. Like, the, fil- like the police force in the Philippines laugh about killing people. It is one of those scariest, I will look it up. Um, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's President's Orders. And it was documentary. Yeah, even like I see that on like the Filipino, like kind of like news, like when they show, they don't really show a lot of those stuff. But when you see oh, it on yeah. social media, like it does happen. Like it's brutal. Yeah. It's. Oh, yeah, it's it's scary because, like, yeah, okay, we, you know, Duterte is getting rid of drugs, you know, like drug dealers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're killing innocent people in the process. You're killing poor people because poor people can't get out of the system if you don't let them, if you don't give them some kind of relief, if you don't give them, you know, mm-hmm. centers for, or, like, rehabilitation centers. You don't give them support, mm-hmm. you know, because this is an actual addiction. Drugs are an addiction. So how are you supposed to, you know, I don't know, psychologist, obviously, but, you know, um, how are you supposed to treat an addiction by separation, by killing? You don't. But mm-hmm. basically it's called On the President's Orders. Um, it's by Frontline. Like, mm-hmm. PBS, not NBC. Um, yeah, but it basically highlights this, um, the extrajudicial killings. It's called extrajudicial killings under Duterte. And it really examines, like, the social part of it. And it's mm-hmm. so, it's so, I feel like a lot of Filipinos should watch it. Like, Filipinos who mm-hmm. may be on the fence, be, may be on the fence about, like, being, act, like, an activist or, um, just wondering what's happening in the Philippines, like, watch that. It is one of the most mo- most interesting documentaries I have ever watched on the war on drugs in the Philippines. Um, I highly recommend it. It's fucked up. <laughs> I highly recommend it. 
Um, but yeah, that's what I did for my project. And it was a really good eye opener and a great way to end my college career. It really helped me, uh, you know, really get helped me get back to my roots, but really helped me embrace, you know, what can I do as a Filipino, as a Filipino to help reform, you know, help reform um, what other Filipino Americans may be feeling. So, yeah. That's that's actually a really great project and I feel like I feel like if you if you like don't mind like can I like link it below when the podcast is ever done like so people can read your work or is that still like yeah yeah I have I think I still have the copy um of the I I'm sure you don't really want to see my presentation because it's just slides but (laughs) (laughs) um I can read you I can uh definitely give you like a pdf version of the um of the letter i sent to the un um because it just it's like a quick highlight of like what's going on and yeah so it's very condensed (laughs) but it's like a lot of work (laughs) so yeah i can definitely but yeah i guess like just hearing you talk about it like i could feel like the instant like connection and instant passion you have in this and i felt like the more that, um, like, like, as you mentioned, in like, what the entire Duterte administration is doing is when people kind of see the true, the true, like, true color of it, like, it's not yeah. really like, yes, he's getting rid of like the the drugs and all right. that stuff, but honestly, like, you know, like, the big issue here is mental health, and that's what Filipinos are kind of ga- getting away from me. Like, no, it's just not drugs. They, they do drugs to get away to talk your feelings. Like, you do alcohol because you don't want to talk about your feelings. Like, right, that's, right. It's mental health, not 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 just those things. Yeah, and not How are that. you helping? Yeah. Right, it's like, it's not even that. It's like, they just can't get out of poverty. You know, they only have money for the drugs. It's like, if there is no additional help from the government, what else are they going to do, you know? You don't set up rehabilitation centers. You don't set up, like, poverty relief. You're, you know, you don't help with any of that. So how do you expect them to get out of an addiction? And so, again, but, you know, I'm sure it's a lot more multifaceted than mm-hmm. this, but it's still... It's 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 not right to kill humans. I would just say that. Like point very blank. Like if you got no evidence, why are you killing them? Just for the sake of killing them? Just for the sake of the statistic? Like no, no. Like that's that's a dictatorship. I'll say the word. I hate what I know when people. I know people hate that word. It's like it's not a dictatorship. It's like yes, it is. He is limiting press freedom. He is limiting what organizations can do. Like, activism is now considered criminal. It's criminalized. I, uh, like, you know, like, I, how else could you not see? But again, you know, people have their opinions. I don't respect it. But, you know, I, it's hard Talking to a brick wall is all I'm gonna say mm-hmm. on that on that topic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, kind of like stirring away back to the interview. 
Um, what yeah. is your main advice to the next generation that comes after you? Oh I don't feel like we dive into a lot of like the um, a lot about like reclaiming our Filipino identity, but like right. the I guess like the main main factor of the entire interview, of course, is just to wrap things up. Is like yeah, what no. is your main advice to the next generation? Because we're almost like a lot the the older generation are almost gone and it's, it's for the next generation and then the younger generation like what's your advice to them yeah first of all you can say that they're old you can say that the older generation is just old um but you know and i think our generation has done so much to progress but like you know we're kind of getting old um but i think my main advice and super simple you know i've thought about this but it's like just just follow your own path i know it's very cliche to say i know that's very um you know i know a lot of people have said that but that's just that's plain simple my advice i don't want to complicate it i i don't want to sugarcoat it you know like it's you do you you know just do you follow your own path and you know don't base your expectations don't make it contingent on what the filipino culture has already told you you're gonna dig a hole that you can't get out of and you know because of all these opposing expectations that you know your parents or your relatives may impose on you like i it's simple like follow what you want to do and the path is probably gonna be twisted it's gonna be really messed up you're gonna fail you're gonna have a dead end you're going to have high points you're going to have low points um but if you follow what the filipino culture says to a t you're going to develop such bad tunnel vision that you'll never benefit from having a authentic and real life you know you have the capability to develop yourself the way you want to develop yourself you have the own your you have the capability to develop your own stances and ideas outside of an entire echo chasm like it's 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 so true like once you get out of this television you'll realize that there's so much more to experience and i'm not saying like throw away your philippine culture it's not that but i think from stepping back you truly you truly return you After taking some time to step back, you return with fresh eyes and you can then look at your Filipino culture and say, you know, this is home. It. This is where, this is who I am. This is where I came from. And I can now embrace that in a more meaningful and effective way so that I can embrace who I am as a Filipino person, you know, like, and I truly stand by that, you know, like, if I just didn't, if I, if I didn't tell myself to just follow what you think, I would be, I feel like I would be lost, I definitely would, so that's my advice, you know, like, follow your own path, take a step, take a step back, and truly meditate on other people's experiences in relation to your own 
and then come back to it and analyze and re-examine you know, what it truly means to be a Filipino in this time and age and what you can do and what you can contribute as a Filipino to Filipino culture, you know, embrace it, like tackle it. And I, I like, I just, I can't stress that enough, you know, like you can express yourself without, without sticking to the regimen. So, you know, and be active. That's one of the biggest things. Be active. Not active, like, physically, but, like, I mean, yeah, but, like, be active in your culture, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) I know it was a lot, but be active. No. No, that was a lot, honestly. That was really, really great. And I'm not just saying that because, like, um, because of that, but it's really important what you just said. Um, take a step back. If you need to take a break, um, if 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 what you're hearing is too much, like take a step back. Like no one's gonna penalize you for that. Like even if you get like called out, like oh why you're not like um learning about our stuff. Like yeah, it's, it's your opinion. Like you're canceling me, but I it, I have my own life too. Like I can only take in so much information like you're not the boss of my life kind of thing. right and like return when you want to because when you return when you want to you'll find much more progression in understanding who you are and what your character is to be in life so i mean you know there's no fault in taking a step back from your culture and trying to understand that you know, there are some negative things about it. How can I change that? You know, like just asking you yourself those questions, I think is super important from time to time. So, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, um, just to be, just be being honest, like for me, for this entire Philippine, for my Filipino culture, like I didn't even get I didn't even start like, like going about my culture until college, until I actually learned about the history, until like I actually became more immersed in a culture, and then I um, oh God, and then I yeah. realized, okay, like there's no reason to be shamed. Like I have to like be able to like truly like take a step back and understand like there's so much more about being Filipino. Like it's not just like it's not just like Jeremy Passion like Lemonade like all those yeah. like pop culture stuff that people try to say on social media but yeah. it's so much more than that and if you need to like just take a deep breath and like really like carefully like, understand like the parts of what makes you who you are then take it yeah yeah no I totally agree with that and I think your version of reclaiming your Filipino identity is this podcast and you know collecting all of these narratives to you know widen your perspective so you're continuing to educate yourself and I feel like a lot of people should do the same I do the same I would love to Mm -hmm. you know so sign petitions um you know COVID sucks but (laughs) you can still do something but Mm -hmm. 
Well, well, going from um, both transitioning from that, where do you see yourself in ten years from now, Dessa? Bro, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's my lazy answer. Um, no, ten uh, uh, years. What is that? Thirty-two. Holy crap. Um, well, first of all, I can't imagine myself after thirty. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but. Um, I don't know. I'd like to be more financially stable, first of all. But other than that, I would definitely like to be in a career where I am um, reaching out to my community because you know I've always since entering college, I have always known that this long-lasting thing, trait, character about me is really listening to people and understanding <laughs> their perspective. Um, and so I definitely want to go into the nonprofit sector. I've been trying out different things, you know, like I've definitely, um, since COVID's happening, I've been looking towards like health education because I think that's super important. And um, yeah, I was thinking of getting a pharmacy technician um, certificate. Don't, I mean, like, don't quote me on that or like don't uphold me to that standard because I probably will not. I also, I don't know, we'll see. You know, that's just, that is the two words. That, those are the two words that really sum up that answer. We'll see. But other than that, I just, I think, I definitely just want to be stable. I want to be stable. I want to be happy. I want to be more, I want to be in a better place than I am now. And I know I'm talking in very generalized um generalized statements but you know those are those are simple asks I mean they're actually not you know being happy with yourself is one of the hardest things to do but I mean if I look at my archive what do I think what did I say um yeah giving back to my community engaging with others oh yeah at least I'd like to hope I'd be married because me and David have been together for five years um so hopefully be, I would like to be married at least um, but yeah I think I, w- I just would like to be in a career that really develops me as a person continues to develop me as a person and I can't wait to see what happens you know because mm-hmm. right now it's been a whirlwind I do want 2020 to end though 2020 has been horrible so far and mm-hmm. It's it's not not looking good. I'm hoping we make it to 2021, (laughs) at the very least. But yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. And honestly, um, I'm excited for what will come to you because I know that you will kind of you will go successful because you have truly a heart. And as what you mentioned, like you do have, and knowing you for like. how many years like you do have like a really big like empathetic heart and you I felt like the way you are starting now and the way you're stepping back you're gonna do something like awesome with your work and as a communication major like you there there's gonna be an opportunity that will come for you thank you that's really sweet and I'm glad you're doing this I'm really glad that you're really applying a voice you know you're super quiet back then but homie you're fine like 
I'm really glad that you're like coming out of your shell. Like, I'm really, really glad that you decided this because I think right now, out of all the times, this is so important to do. And I'm super glad for you. I hope this podcast like takes off. And like, I'm glad you have a team now. Like, that that's so cool. Um, I'm really amazed that you were able to do that. Um, but I hope that this becomes a successful business for you because. I think it's really important and that you branch out in the later future. Uh, um, it's, 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 it wasn't an easy process, like just doing it by myself at first and like just expanding yeah. it to a team. Like because yeah. I feel like one is better, uh, three is better than just one because there's, yeah. there's so much more out there. Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, like, oh, with like editing and like then you're going to have, you have to do like posting on the daily and then like you have to find recruitment for people you're going to talk to next i mean like i'm glad that you're Mm -hmm. really being able to do this venture so yeah and it's really important to hear other people's voices because i think filipino culture often is acknowledged and recognized but not really talked about in this type of setting so I'm glad that you're doing that, and I really hope that this turns out well for you. So, yeah. Thank you for that, and yeah, because we're almost going to our end. I always ask this before I signed off with any with every guest: is yeah, what is your favorite Filipino word? What is your favorite Filipino food? And the last part is just. Learning a language, learning your mother tongue. Oh my god. But okay. I'm gonna take a bus step by step. What is your um, favorite Filipino food? Just start eating. Um, didn't go on. Love that thing. Love it. I know a lot of people are like, yo, that's pork blood. <laughs> I love didn't go on. I used to hate it as a kid. I love didn't go on. It is my favorite. I will reach for it every time. Like, uh, there's Filipino restaurants here, and they'll be like, and like my boyfriend asks, you know, like, oh, what do you want? I'm like, didn't go on, hands down. Oh, can't part with it. Love it. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Filipino word or oh phrase? Uh, Coco Martin. <laughs> Coco Martin. Uh, <laughs> that's, I don't know. He's my police officer. I'll just say that. Ang Provinciano. Yeah. I don't know whatever that is. Yeah. And, and last part is um are you able to speak in your mother tongue for us <laughs> oh my god okay wait <laughs> i'm gonna i might have to look this up fudge um, uh, how do you say get out of my house because that's the one that they always say like buhai something um, Mahala ka sa buhay mo? Yeah, no. hold on, or, hold on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, God, I'm gonna butcher this. Like, Mahala ka sa buhay mo, bro. Wow. Mahala ka sa buhay mo. Wow. It was, it was bad. I'm sorry. That, um, Mahal kita. There's that too, you know? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad at this. Um... Yeah, that's all I got you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was horrible. Yep. No, it wasn't horrible. That was that was fine. That was a okay. I enjoyed your favorite word. 
it's funny because like that's just like the face yeah <laughs> dude but he again, is an advocate yeah. that man's an advocate, advocate. Mm-hmm. i love him mm-hmm. and but. down to that and honestly i enjoy like just talking and having this conversation with you yeah. and just like just like truly like, getting it wrong getting it out there like honestly like it's so important it's so it's really nice to like really have that conversation about like our culture with someone that we knew for a like, long time but we didn't really have like a conversation about it but it yeah. it's nice it just helps you like clear your like get get it out there yeah it needs to be heard it needs to be said and i'm really glad i did too i think i got a lot off my chest to be honest so yeah <laughs> And before we end, do you want to like shout out anyone or anything that you're doing to oh anyone out there? I don't I don't have any shout outs. Um I don't know. Shout out to Alvin. Oh no, not Alvin. Well, Alvin. Okay, Alvin. Sorry, I stole your pens back in 8th grade, I guess. Um he was also featured on this. And whatever, man. <laughs> it's like whatever. Um now, but shout out to Coco Martin. He's like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you can hear that. I don't know if you heard that. But I didn't hear me. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, okay. But yeah, shout out to Coco Martin. Mm-hmm. You know, not all cops. Mm-hmm. Not all cops. But <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it, okay. But yeah, okay. thank you again, and... Hope to see you more. Hope to see more of your work in the future. But yeah.